Hello, and welcome to Move Into Coherence. I'm your host, Pamela Stokes. Today is part two of our three-part series on water. In today's episode, we'll be learning about structured water, also called the fourth phase of water. So let's get into it. Most of the information I'm sharing with you today comes from water researcher Gerald Pollack. The link will be in the show notes. Up until now, we have learned that there are three phases of water, gas, water vapor, liquid, which we call water, and solid, also called ice. But in addition, there is another phase, and it's between the liquid and the solid. It's kind of like jello or gelatin that's not quite set. And this is what's called the fourth phase or structured water. And structured water is found inside of our bodies. Our bodies continually make it. When the bonds between the atoms of the water that we drink will break apart and then reunite in a unique way. So instead of H2O, they now become H3O2. And they form particular shapes and join together in a lattice that's one atom thick. And layer upon layer of these lattices form. This happens inside of our cells, inside of our blood vessels, and our lymph vessels, and other places. When a plant does photosynthesis, they too break the bonds of the liquid water, and they're using the energetic frequencies of light. The next step after they do this molecular breakdown is to convert it into food by adding carbon from carbon dioxide, and that makes the sugars or the food that we find in plants. Therefore, without carbon dioxide, plants cannot thrive. And we don't get the food from those plants unless there's carbon dioxide. So it's not a poison. Carbon dioxide creates life. We need it. In our bodies, we do that first step of photosynthesis, where we're breaking apart the water molecules. We don't do the second part and make food. The plants do that. But this is how we get this structured water within us, by doing this first step of photosynthesis. Structured water has an overall negative charge. And what this means is it can exclude things from itself. In fact, Gerald Pollack calls it EZ water or exclusion zone water because what he noticed is things like minerals and solutes will move away from the structured water and towards the center of the cells or the center of the blood vessels depending on where that structured water is. This happens inside of our blood and our lymph as well. And this is how we purify ourselves and maintain our charges. 
Fitzgerald Pollock found that particular frequencies of light, just like in plants, will increase the production of structured water in our bodies. He found that especially in the infrared part of the spectrum of light. And we get this from the sun, just like plants. We can also get infrared frequencies from other sources. You may have heard of infrared saunas, for example. That's another way to get it. But infrared is another form of, another way of describing it is heat. And so we can also get heat from lots of things around our houses and other people and so forth. When we create structured water inside of our bodies, that is the optimal way of our bodies working well, is to have this water in this arrangement so that things flow inside of the blood, so that we have a maintain a charge inside of the cells, between the outside and the inside of the cells. They call that a membrane potential. And all of this is really important to create these charges in the body so that things can move. We can also create structured water outside of our bodies using some specialized tools. And one tool is called the analemma wand. And I'll have a link for that. And what you do with this tool, basically what it is, is a, a little tube of quartz glass and inside is structured water, pure structured water. And when you bring that in contact with your drinking water and swirl it, stir it with this wand, that water too becomes structured. Anytime a structured water will touch another structured water, that water will become structured. So by swirling with this tool, the water becomes structured, our bodies can take it in much more easily, and we get charged up. I'll have the link for that in the show notes. There's another way to structure water, which is from the Resonance Science Foundation, again, another link for you to follow, in which they use quartz crystals. And these quartz crystals are tuned to the frequency of the earth, and when you put the water near these crystals, the resonance, kind of like when you sing and a glass breaks, that's resonance, the water will resonate with the frequency of the crystal and will become structured. So what structured water can do is it can make it so that we have these charges, it can push out things that we don't need from the water. And these charges, for example, they are needed because this is how our proteins will be in a particular shape inside of our body, inside of our cells. The charges in the water and the proteins coming in contact with them will form a particular shape and that will determine a particular function, such as a muscle contraction. And if the phase of the water, remember this is what we're calling the fourth phase of water, if that phase changes from the fourth to liquid, now the protein will change shape and the muscle can contract. When the phase changes again, 
the protein changes shape, and the muscle can relax. And Gerald Pollack spent about 20 years studying how muscles contract, and he discovered that it was based on the structured water. Now, if a muscle is contracting because of a protein shape, because of the charges on the water, if we have a chronic muscle or fascial tension, we don't relax. That water cannot keep moving, and so our tissues dry out and get brittle. And this can happen anywhere. As we learned in the previous episode, all of our body parts contain water. And this can happen, this drying out can happen inside of bone, in the fascia, in our muscles, in our nerves. So I think you understand that it's important to keep drinking water, but also to keep on moving. Because when we move, that's when these proteins can change shape, and now we get the water to go along with it. In today's episode, what I'd like to do is a motion called the seeded flower. It's very similar to arch and curl, which we've done in episodes 7 and 30. And you can go back and try those out when you have a chance. But today we're going to do the seeded flower because it will contact our entire body. It will move our entire body allowing our muscles to contract and relax so that we can move this structured water and keep the charges inside of our body and feel great. So let's begin. We're going to be sitting on a firm level chair with our feet and knees in line with our hips. And bring yourself to the front of the seat so that your pelvis is free to roll forward and back. You'll have your arms down by your sides at the beginning. We'll begin with the curl and this will be on an exhale. During this curl, we will roll our arms in from the shoulders so that the backs of the hands come to the outsides of the thighs. Our knees will move toward each other. Our pelvis rolls back so that we're more towards the tailbone. Our back rounds, our belly pulls in, and our head and face moves forward. Not down, not tipping down towards the chest, but straight out into the world. That's the curl. And then we will slowly undo this motion. So the arms, the back, the head, the legs, all of these things will come back to our original neutral resting position. And then we'll go into the arch part. And this is why it's called the flower, because as we are doing this arch, we're also using our arms and our legs. It's sort of like a flower blooming. So on the arch, we'll roll our arms open slightly away from the body so that the palms face forward. Our knees will move away from each other to a comfortably wide position. Our pelvis rolls towards the front of the chair, so more toward the pubic bone rather than the tailbone. 
your belly is soft, your back will arch, and your head will tip up without crunching your neck so that you can look up. So that's the arch part of the seeded flower or the blooming part. And then we will come back slowly back into our original neutral resting position with the arms down by the sides, palms facing your thighs, and everything coming back to a neutral position in the spine and the neck and the legs coming back to that original position. So as in most of the movements that we do in this show, this is a pandiculation. And what that means is we're trying to do this mindfully, but also slowly and without pain and without stretch. So we don't want to go too far or too fast. So let's try this together. We will be doing the arch and the curl of this seeded flower. We'll be doing it three times. And what I'd like to do is to start with a the farthest you can go comfortably in each of the positions. And then the second time, we'll do it half as far. And then the third time, we'll do just a tiny movement. Now, the reason why I'm doing it this way is to show you that once we have a pattern established, it's not so much the movement itself, but the awareness of the movement, and that this will actually happen for you more gracefully if you do it smaller. Let's try it and you'll see. Please come to the front of your chair. Your feet and knees are in line with your hips, arms down by your sides with the palms facing your thighs. And on your next exhale, we'll roll the arms from the shoulders so that the backs of the hands come to the outsides of the thighs, our knees moving toward one another, pelvis rolling back, our back rounds, our belly pulls in, and our head and face moves forward, straight out into the world. And then on your inhale, undo slowly and come back to your neutral position. And then as you inhale, we'll do the arch. The arms roll open away from the body, palms facing forward, knees moving away from each other. Pelvis rolls toward the front of the chair, the back arches, soft belly, head tips up. And then coming back to neutral slowly, undoing all of those parts. And we'll pause here, take a break, take a breath, releasing any efforts. And then we'll begin again on an exhale. We'll go into that curl or a slump, the arms rolling towards each other, towards the center, back is curled, pelvis is tipped towards the back, head moves forward, knees come in towards one another. Again, we're doing this about half as far this time. 
and then slowly undo all of these pieces, the arms, the back, the legs, the head, coming back to neutral. And then we'll go into the arch again, half as far as last time, arms and shoulders, belly is soft, pelvis towards the front of the chair, knees moving away, and then coming back to neutral slowly, undoing all of those parts. And we'll pause here, take a break, take a breath, turning off all your efforts. And then we'll do one more set, this time so small, just the very smallest movement. So we're curling, the knees coming towards each other, arms rolling towards the center, head moving forward, the back curls, and then slowly undo that motion, coming back to neutral. And then we'll do the arch or the blooming part. Again, this is a very small movement. Knees away, arms rolling out, head tipping up, belly soft, arching, pelvis tips forward. And then slowly coming back to neutral. And pause here and take a break, take a breath, turning off all your efforts and notice how you feel. So that was the seeded flower. It's a little more complex than arch and curl, but as you see, it involves the arms and the legs, so we get a lot more of the body involved. I'm hoping that you're noticing all of the relaxation that you've created and remembering that when this happens, we can have this water, this structured water, doing what it's supposed to do, which is creating charges and helping us thrive. And this movement is really important because what we're doing is contracting and relaxing the muscles of the body. And we got the whole body in on that one. Thanks for joining in and send yourself some appreciation for doing so. And if you've enjoyed this episode or any of the previous 60 episodes, please invite your friends and family to join in. It is the time in the evolution of our species for us to find our natural state of inner peace and to remember that we are magnificent beings with the power to be our greatest selves this isn't just for us as individuals, but for the whole human species. And this cannot help but spill over into the entire field. One could call it the evolution revolution. Thanks for being here on planet Earth at this time. We appreciate you. So I hope you'll join me for part three coming up next time. This has been Move Into Coherence. I'm Pamela Stokes. Take it easy. <laughs>